Our life is going to be represented by this tonight. So if you will bear with me as we go through a few examples, I hope maybe we can learn something together and maybe some applications, practical applications that we can take with us and uh, maybe even help us out in life. We all come into life looking like this. Now the yellow part of a number two pencil is what I'm talking about here. Those in the back may not be able to tell what I'm holding up. It's your standard number two pencil. Dollar General provided it for me this, this afternoon, so uh, it's nothing really to brag about. But it's, it does a, a purpose. It serves a purpose for us. And this yellow part is our life. The eraser here on the end is God. Now, as you think about your life, we all come to a place. We all come to a place in life where we start to understand there's something missing. Where we start to realize, wait, you know, I, yes, I'm, I'm living, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my normal routine, obviously, but there's still something in my life that is missing. We start to realize the thought of the age of accountability, if you will. We start coming to a, poor, a time of, of maturity to where we realize that there's something we've got to do in order to be better in life, in order to ensure that we are right with God, if you will. There comes with maturity. It comes with understanding. That's where we find there in, in Acts chapter 8 when, the, when Philip asked the eunuch, do you understand what you read? Well, how can I unless someone teach me? So that's why we have the understanding. Knowledge and application. You know, we have the question twice, specifically in the Bible, in Acts 2 and verse 37, when the people at Pentecost said, uh, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And we see the same, almost the same question asked in Acts chapter 16 and verse 30, when the, the jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And the answer was the same in both places. Now, once we get to that point, we begin to look a lot like this. And you'll notice that it's still the, almost the identical pencil. However, it's sharpened. God has given our lives a point, a purpose, a reason and a direction in order for us to live and to move. You see, He's got us here. He gives us a point, and He still has us here. So not only does He give us direction, He kind of cleans up after us as we go through life. And this point that he gives us, he gives us the opportunity. Now, whether, whether we come to become a Christian as a younger person or, or even a little bit older or even a little older, or maybe we wait so far as to this guy. That's getting kind of scary now. Or maybe we even wait as far huh, as that little fella. Maybe we wait all the way to the end. We'll come back to this guy in a second. But I'm going to hold these little feathers, and I'm going to use them for a minute. Regardless of what age we come to a mature level in understanding of God's Word, and it can come at, as a teenager, it can even come as someone who is 80 years old. I know, it, I know of someone who is in their 90s who was baptized into Christ here just recently, uh, 93 years old, or years young, however you want to look at it, and put on Christ. Uh, he, he's in fairly decent health. Uh, I would probably put him right here. 
But, you know, I know some teenagers at camp who are 11, 10, 12, who put on Christ, and they're probably here. They're the longer pencil. They've got, hopefully got a longer, longer use of a Christian life. Regardless of which one you are, there has to become an understanding or a, a purpose that God gives us in life. Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 9, it says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose, there's that word, purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. We have boldness, we have access through that, that purpose that he gave us in Jesus Christ. And that we have a model for us to mold our lives like. Now granted, we're never going to exceed Christ. We're never going to be better than that. We're never even going to be equal with that. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But we're all going to fail. We're all going to have imperfections. We're all, even though we may have put on Christ, as we live our life, we're going to look something like this. Now for those of you in the back, there's cuts, there's scrapes, there's scratches all over this pencil. But guess what? It's still got a point. It still has God. And as imperfect as this pencil looks to the naked eye, it still is functional. It still works. It still can leave its mark as it goes through life. Now, I'm not a psychic. Some of you may say I'm psychotic sometimes, but I'm not a psychic. But I can guarantee you the vast majority of us in this auditorium right now, look something like this right here. Wouldn't it be nice if we could go back to this when we first put on Christ, pristine condition, no cuts, no nicks, no hurts, no pains, no sin? Wow, wouldn't it be great? It was forgiven, raced out, blotted out. Wouldn't it be nice if we could live like that for the rest of our life? Well... I'm always honest and I'm always real with you. That's probably what we look like spiritually. But there's something more. There's something more about, about this purpose. In verse 17, 18, and 19 of the same chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3, he says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, might be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, we, we get to that age of accountability, and we get to a knowledge and, and a comprehension of God's Word, and, and we start that journey. 
And we are one of these little guys. Start that journey. But then we, we start to have a few trials. We start to have a few failures. We start to get a few nicks and cuts. We start to hurt. We start to have disappointments in life. And sometimes we, we, we leave our marks on life and, and it gets dull. And maybe we say, well, I've still got a point, but I'm not really writing anymore. Lead's broke. It still comes to a point, God, God's there, but I've really lost my zeal. I've really lost my, my commitment. I've really lost my will. I've let God exist in my life, but I've not existed in His. And that's where some of us might be too here tonight. And we let these things, these scratches, these cuts, these nicks, these, these things that we experience in life cause us to lose our ability to leave a mark because we allow ourselves to be defined by those things in our life. We allow ourselves to be defined by those shortcomings, by those, those issues that people look at us and say, well, Bradley Hargis, he's the one that I heard him say two or three bad things back in the day, so that's, that's what I think about Bradley Hargis. Well, you can probably find somebody that can tell you stories like that. I'm sure you can, because I'm, I failed many times. And I've said this, this is, I said this might represent all of us in this room, but this represents me. I'm speaking from personal experience. This represents me. Cut up, scratched up, dinged up. And sometimes I had find myself wondering, how am I going to leave my mark? Because now, now God is, it still comes to a point, Levon, but you can't write with just plain old wood. Sometimes it gets so bad in life that maybe, maybe things are so bad in life it's not just a trial and temptation, but maybe a loss of a loved one. Maybe a loss of a spouse, loss of a child. And it gets to the point where we're so beat down, so bogged down, that we break. We look like that. And now we're hurting. Now we're, in a, now we're in a major predicament. Because we can exist like this if we want to. We can exist broken down, cut up, beat up, scarred up. You put, insert something negative, whatever you want to say. And we can exist like that. Notice, God's still present. But we have no point. We have no direction. We have no desire anymore to live godly. But the greatest part about, about this part, about living like this, if there is a shining cloud, a silver lining, if you will, is if we give our lives back to Christ, and back to God, guess what? As broken as we were, as 
dysfunctional spiritually as we were, we start to see things taking shape again, don't we? And as we repent of our sins, God is faithful and will forgive us of those things that stand between us and Him. And He'll bring us to a point in life to where we start to see good things happening again. I'm starting to see lead again, Dad. I'm starting to see God working. I'm starting to see God present. He never left. But I'm starting to pay attention. And I give my life back to Him. Eventually, there'll be some lead come out and get sharp. But see, we keep dwelling like that. And we keep... Oh, there it is. God can bring us back. God gives us a point again. The direction never changed. The direction never altered at all. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12 tells us that all that live godly will suffer persecution. We're going to have nicks. We're going to have cuts. We're going to have disappointments. James 1 and verse 12 mentions that blessed is the man that endureth temptation, trials, in order to receive that crown of righteousness. You see, Luke 14 and verse 27 says basically the same thing. Christ says, Who does not, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be, be my disciple. You want to know what bearing a cross entails? It's living a life much like this pencil. Yes, we fail. Yes, we've hurt. Yes, we've struggled. Yes, we've sinned. And yes, we have nicks and scratches and scars. But guess what? God gave us a point, a purpose. And God erases those things out of our life. See, He covers the front and the back. He cleans up after us. And He gives us a direction. Regardless of how horrible anything might be in our life, God takes care of it, see. God tells us not to worry about those things. What if we're this little guy? The question was asked to me. It's kind of a side note, and I included it for a reason. The question was asked to me, well... What if someone waits till they are about to pass on to become a Christian? And what if they obey the gospel and die hours later? Well, that's a question I don't know because that's answered for us in the parable in Labors of the Vineyard. In Matthew chapter 20, which I'll turn to that real quick, let's let Jesus tell you about this little guy. In Matthew chapter 20, beginning of verse 1, For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. When he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went out their way, and again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour, and did likewise. 
About the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and said to them, Why do you stand here all the day idle? They said to him, Because no man has hired us. He has said to them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. Verse 8. So when the evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired at the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have, have wrought but one hour. They only worked one hour. And now it's made them equal to us, which have borne all the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a penny? Take that is thine, go thy way, and I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. It is not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own. It is, it is, is thine evil, I evil, because I am good. So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. Now what on earth does that mean, if you're worried about laboring a vineyard? If you've been a Christian for 30 years, that's excellent. That's great. If you die as a Christian, having 30 plus years of service, and you are followed into death by someone who's been a Christian for 30 seconds, you get the same reward. You agree to the same thing. You agree to the same reward. You know what it says here, that there's a crown of righteousness that's prepared for those who love and serve Him, those who obey Him. We understand to be being faithful unto death. It doesn't say to be faithful for 30 years before you die. Being faithful unto death is pretty explanatory, isn't it? 30 seconds or 30 years, it doesn't matter. Obedience is obedience, regardless of the time. Now, I will tell you from personal experience, someone who I've spoken with firsthand, when I asked them after they were baptized into Christ, they were right here. And I asked them, how do you feel? And he said, I should have done this years ago. And he was worried about that. That's the same parable that I spoke with him about and told him about and read with him to ease his mind to let him know you did your part yes you you may have wasted those years but you made it right right on time a lot of pencils up here they've all got erasers even this guy even this guy has got an eraser. But what do you notice about this one? Those of you that can see, you're probably saying, there's no pencil. There's, there's, no, uh, 
There's no way that can function except it be a racy. You see, even if this was representation of a life, and it is, you know, whether it be this or this, notice there's no yellow. Life was wasted. God's still there on the end. He's been there all along. But this person wasted every amount of their life all the way to the end. And now it's pointless. There's no hope. There's no chance. See, I can put this metal in this sharpener and I can turn and turn and turn. Ain't going to work. Because life has expired in this pencil. Life is over. Now, I don't say this to frighten anyone. But what happens to this guy? Well, Jesus also answered that question in a parable in Matthew 25 when he talked about the parable of the talents. You remember how that goes and the last one who received the one talent, he went and he hid the talent in the earth because he was afraid. He did nothing. He wasted his opportunity. Completely wasted. And I guess the, the, the parable goes, if you remember the way I do, the, the, the master said, oh, it's all right. You gave me what I give you. We're... We're kosher, we're cool. My Bible doesn't say that. Because in verse 30, he says, Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whether you are young, whether you are old, there is still time to become a Christian, live as a Christian, even if you're scarred up, even if you're hurt, even if you've been broke. Don't be this guy. God's Word implores you as preachers and teachers and fellow Christians stand around you each and every day and they're begging you not to be this guy. Don't waste your life. Don't wait till the end. There's no sense in it. There's no sense in you starting here, becoming a Christian here, or even waiting this long, when everyone in here knows what's required of you to be a Christian. But you keep putting it off. You keep putting it off. And friends, someday you're going to run out of yalla. You're going to run out of wood. And then it's pointless, useless, and no good to anybody. And you know what? I can't leave a mark on life with an unsharpened pencil and a pencil with no point. It don't work. You're not helping anybody. And you're definitely not helping yourself. Where are you? I wish I had a board to stick all these pencils on for you to see.
and ask yourself tonight, which one are you? I hope and pray you're one that's sharpened with a point, with direction, with God to your front, pointing you the right direction, and God to your back, cleaning up after you. I hope that's you. But chances are, there are some in this audience that have not put on Christ's baptism. You see, Romans 10 and verse 17 tells us, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We all here have heard the Word of God, but it's not talking about just hearing with our ears. We all here understand what God's Word said. We all understand what's required of us. I'm looking around kind of slow here, and I don't see a new face. We know. There's no excuse for this. None whatsoever. And if you're not a Christian tonight, you can make it right by obeying the gospel this very hour. If you have been a Christian, but you fell into the world, you've been broken, you've been cut, you've lost faith, be like this guy. Let God restore you and give you direction and a point and clean up what you've messed up. In either case, whichever situation you're in, you have time and opportunity to make it known while we stand and while we sing.